Hi, my name is Robbie and welcome back to the Golengua podcast where you learn English through football. If you are an English language learner or B1 level or above and you love football, then you are in the right place to boost your fluency to the next level and learn to speak English like a native. My research as a teacher and experience as a language learner myself is that the content that is most easily available online might be great for your language skills, but will bore the socks off you, which stops your ability to progress, which is a huge problem. When I learn a language, I want to meet people and speak to people, just like me, who love to read and speak about what I love, football, the beautiful game. So, if you love football, and I love football, what are we waiting for? This week, as promised, with the recent announcement from Combabol that the Copa Libertadores will be returning on the 15th of September 2020, I thought what better subject to talk about. In my planning for this podcast, I made sure I included plenty of idioms and colloquial phrases so that in the lesson element of the podcast, which is usually at the end, I could draw on parts of the audio that would add more variety to what you've been listening to and hopefully breathing along with, with the transcript too. These will be available on the blog this coming week rather than at the end of the podcast because there's so many uh, and I've given explanations of what they mean and when they, and when they are used by native speakers. Obviously, it's important to keep these podcasts as entertaining as I can. So, I thought, what story can I cover that has tension, rivalry, suspense, Biblical weather conditions, violence, and be the final of all finals. I only want to go back as far as 2018 to find just exactly that. The Copa Libertadores final between Superclasico, Sudamericana, arch rivals, Los Porteños, the Buenos Aires, River Plate, and Boca Juniors. This game needs very little introduction for a true football fan, and further down the line, I'll create podcasts, blogs and lessons specifically around derby matches. So to focus specifically on this final, we can go back to where the tension started in the semi-finals when both matches pitched Brazil versus Argentina as River faced Gremio and Boca went up against Palmeiras, which in itself is enough to stir up emotions they would ordinarily exist if, say, both clubs were to face um, other clubs from Venezuela and Peru, for example. River lost their first leg 1-0 away, where Boca were victorious against Palmeiras, thanks to two goals from Benedetto. So, in the sizzling undertones of the Buenos Aires football scene, as well as from my own experience of Liverpool and Everton, I can easily imagine that whilst 1-0 away from home in a continental game is not a terrible result at all, the Boca fans were no doubt rubbing their colleagues' noses in it at work, and the prospect of them reaching the final to represent Argentina, as opposed to River. However, in the subsequent return legs, River won 2-1, and went through on away goals, whilst Boca were held to a spirited Palmeiras fight back and drew 2-2. Two, two. 
Fortunately for them though, they went through 4-2 on aggregate, so quite convincing over the two legs. Thus, the stage was set for an unthinkable and super rare, super classical Copa Libertadores final, which I can only imagine was akin to the Porteños preparing to go to war just this time with each other and with much more at stake as well. The biggest and most prestigious trophy in Latin American club football. This was billed by many as the final of all finals and I would say it lived up to this both in its spectacle as well as in its football. What added a little extra more spice to the situation was that this was due to be the last Copa Libertadores final that would be played over two legs, with all future finals being a one-off, winner-takes-all game. At this point, I know what's to come. I think it's important that we take stock of what's happened so far. So, we had the semi-finals, which created a partisan and emotional Argentina v Brazil battle in both semi-finals, which... As the Brazilian rivalry disappeared, it meant that the two sides could only be left to target its favour and hatred at each other. River Plate had to come from behind in their semi-final, which no doubt caused taunting from Boca, and the fear within their own ranks that the opportunity of this once-in-a-lifetime game would be lost. It was the first time ever as well that they'd played each other in a Copa Libertadores final or in a Copa Sudamericana final. Um, and then, when you consider it was the last time that it was due to be contested over two legs, the opportunity was huge because both teams were getting the opportunity to face their arch city rivals, both at their own stadiums. So you can see, so far... The stage is gradually being set. The bonfire is being built, so to speak. And it may only take a small spark to ignite the whole thing. The first leg of the final will be played at the magnificent home of Boca Juniors, La Bombonera, whose closest translation in English is said to be the chocolate box, would you believe? In the run-up to the game, the tension was building in the city. So much so that both clubs agreed to ban any away fans from their respective away legs. Which means that the outlet of passion for their own teams and hatred for the other was taken away and the streets was the only place left. For me, I can see why football and political authorities make decisions with this kind of logic. If the fans aren't there, there can't be classes at the stadium. That does make sense. The problem with these decisions are usually they are made by people that may love football but are far too preoccupied with the administrative side of the game to truly understand the feelings of the fans on the terraces. Through the events that then unfold at both legs, they appear to completely misjudge the Barras Bravas time and time again which only serves to put both sets of fans in very difficult positions. The day of the first leg at Boca, it brought an unprecedented biblical rainstorm, 
which was relentless. But it didn't stop the Boca fans gathering in their thousands in the stands hours before kick-off. Only for it to be called off because the pitch was unplayable and the rain had made everywhere so unsafe. So it was rescheduled to be played 24 hours later instead. When it was finally played, the game was entertaining and intense and finished in a 2-2 draw. Which, as the away goal didn't count in the final like they did in the semi-final, it meant everything was still to play for in the second leg at El Stadio Monumental. That game was scheduled for a month later, but just hang fire on that one for a minute. As it was so finely poised, it's the first time I can ever remember a Copa Libertadores final being so heavily featured in the British press. It was even scheduled to be shown live on BT Sport in the UK, which was quite a rare thing for South American football. With away fans being banned from the game, there was probably very little to no preparation required for segregation at the Monumental. River River fans could go and gather wherever they pleased. After all, they were the home team. But unfortunately, this lax attitude was also taken by the police forces, who who were supposed to be tasked with being the protective security force on the day for both the clubs and the fans. This meant that the only real avenue for the Boca bus to approach the Monumental was where the River fans were funnelled towards their own stadium. It was just a recipe for disaster. And the River fans attacked the bus, throwing stones and other objects, which smashed multiple windows, which, along with the effects of additional pepper spray, injured numerous Boca Juniors players. So this is clearly not funny, but it's very symptomatic of the game. Uh, between these two clubs whenever it happens. Both clubs love their own club that much that they hate each other just as much. That's why I have to smile a little bit when I look at these events because it's hard to decipher sometimes between River and Boca. I have friends from both sides of supporters and they love their own clubs as much as they hate the other one. So it sometimes creates a very fine line between love and hate. So the consequence of that bus attack was that the match was put back. Firstly for an hour, then another 20 minutes, then an hour and 15 minutes, then another 15 minutes before they finally gave up the ghost and agreed to play the game the following day. Unfortunately, It was then argued by Boca that simply delaying the match for 24 hours was not sufficient to ensure the game was played with the level of equality that they thought that they were entitled to. The counter-argument from River, of course, was that whilst they did acknowledge the bus attack was bad, they still had to play their game in the first leg at the Bombonera with none of their own fans there. So... How could equality be an argument if they didn't get the same in the second leg that Boca got at the first? So you can see both sides, I suppose. 
It was ultimately decided by Conmebol that the only way to ensure maximum safety, equality and neutrality of the venue was to completely remove the match from the South American continent altogether. Agreeing a deal with Real Madrid, the Spanish Football Association and the local Madrileño authorities. So again, whilst this argument holds some weight logically, this is definitely one way to quell the possibility of violence. However, many also argued whether or not this diluted the integrity of the competition. Firstly, because the Copa Libertadores is the crown jewel of South American football, Europe already has its own version of the competition with the Champions League. Also, the competition is named Libertadores after those pioneers of Latin America's freedom from the imperial rule of Europe's historical powers, most notably Spain, who ruled most of Latin America from Madrid for centuries before. I'm sure students of Eduardo Galeano would certainly disapprove of this move. Nonetheless, the game went ahead uh, a couple of weeks later at the Santiago Bernabeu Stadium in Madrid, which, whatever your point of view is, it's certainly a stadium befitting of the prestige of the Copa Libertadores final. With a capacity of 72,000, there was also probably more than enough opportunity for Argentine expats to get tickets and cheer on their childhood teams. This time, the match kicked off without major incident and the River and Boca fans finally got what they've been waiting for. After a first half, where the majority of chances fell to Boca, Benedetto finally put the Genesis ahead on the 44th minute, a pivotal time to score in any game. Because if River go in with honours even at the break, then Gajardo's team talk is about staying tight, not conceding and putting Boca under pressure at the other end. Instead though, the message would have been to open up, go for the equaliser, which obviously comes with risks, as Boca could easily have used the spaces this leaves between midfield and, and defence, which they would obviously want to try and put the game to bed. Luckily for Los Misionarios, Lucas Prato pulled one back on the 68th minute, which proved enough to take the game into extra time. It's tense, this, isn't it? Um, and we all know what happened already. It's absolute madness and shows the magic of both this fixture between River and Boca and the Copa Libertadores itself. In extra time, the drama that ensued was completely in keeping with the twists and turns of the journey to that point. The first major thing to happen was the sending off of Colombia's defensive midfielder, Wilmar Barrios, for a second bookable offence, two yellow cards. Then, in the 109th minute, substitute Juan Quintero found enough shooting space on the edge of the box to fire a special effort into the Boca net, or as we say in English, a worldy. This put River 2-1 up on the night and 4-3 up on aggregate. 
But despite all this, the game still had a couple of final twists and turns up its sleeve to come before the final whistle. With four minutes left, Fernando Gago, who had played on that same pitch as a Real Madrid player a few years before, went down injured and couldn't continue, leaving Boca with just nine men on the field. Remarkably, despite this, the next chance did fall to Boca in the last minute, but Leonardo Jara hit the post. Obviously, by this time, Boca were throwing the kitchen sink at the river goal and left themselves wide open for a counter-attack, which River's attacking midfielder, Pity Martinez, duly took advantage of, rushing up the field to slot the ball into an empty net. Sealing the game 3-1 on the night for River, a 5-3 on aggregate. And sealing this controversial Copa Libertadores. I won't expand any more on this, whether it's a good or bad result, because I know how inflammatory that would be. And frankly, I love and respect both clubs in equal measure. They are clubs of unbelievable stature, and the barras of both clubs are something to behold. Their love and passion for their clubs is evident in every match. And both sets of supporters are brilliant representatives of football and fan culture. So, that's it for this episode. I was foolishly hoping to speak about two finals this week. But even though I knew the 2018 final was a really messy affair, and I loved it when I watched it and was following it at the time, I just simply forgot how many twists and turns there were and felt that it needed an episode in its own right. So next week will be about the 2019 Copa Libertadores final. And without all the complexities of this game, in next week's episode there might be a little bit more match reflection, maybe speaking about the individual players on show. But I will make sure that you enjoy it. As you hopefully know by now, my goal at Golingua is to help you go from intermediate to advanced. And in my opinion, the quickest way to do this is to take the vocabulary that you know and turn it into something that more closely resembles how native speakers use those same words. If you want more materials like this to help you learn English through football, feel free to leave a review, like and comment on both the blog and on your podcast platforms. And subscribe on the website where you'll be the first to hear about the latest releases. So, thanks again for your continued support and I'll catch up with you all soon.